When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Nugent gets to win it. Between circle shoots and scores. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, the winner for the Oilers in He'll hit Corey Watson with it. He'll sidestep one tackler and gets to the 20. Corey Watson inside the 10. Touchdown, Eskimo! Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. What an amazing life, amazing career in hockey. Red Fisher passing away today at the age of 91. He started covering the Montreal Canadiens in 1955. Did the job until 2012 when he was 85 years of age. An absolute legend in the game. Great writer. Wouldn't interview rookies. Man, maybe I should adopt that policy. Red Fisher, we say farewell at the age of 91. We'll have more memories and stories about Red tomorrow on the Faceoff Show. Jim Matheson is going to join us. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is 6.07 Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 6.30. Chad, my name is Reed Wilkins. Good to hear from you. The Oilers back at practice today. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, of course, not on the ice. And then we find out after practice, it ain't good with the Nuge. He has an upper body and he's got cracked ribs. If I may as well tell you, upper body injury, cracked rib, and you can't play with that. Now it's not the end of the world. He's not. Uh, you'll see him walking around, but you just can't play with that until it heals. When we spoke after the game in Las Vegas, uh, um, the, the initial indication was he'd be okay. Obviously, we came home and. And uh, he saw some doctors and had some tests, and he's going to be out five to six weeks. You can make an argument who are. Our key go-to guy has been this year. Obviously, Connor's having a a pretty good year individually, and there's some others. Uh, But I would throw Nuge right up there. Um, He's been trustworthy in every situation. He's given us valuable minutes. Uh, He's improved his game, which isn't easy to do after you've been in the league for five or six years. You kind of get accustomed to doing things. He's improved immensely, I think. And uh, he means a lot to our team. Uh, it causes us to reconfigure the lines. We finally got some offense going with Leon up on the wing again. Uh, we've got to put him back into the middle, so we'll, uh, we'll see what we get from the rest of the crew, but he won't be playing for a while. So there's the Oilers update for Nisku Ford. Every model on sale every day. Nisku Ford above expectations. Ryan Nugent Hopkins on pace for career bests in goals and points this season, leading the Oilers with 16 goals, 5 to 6 weeks, that means we're looking at 20 to 23 games without Nugent Hopkins for the Edmonton Oilers and Todd McClellan saying it there might as well tell you, coach is often secretive about injuries, though Ken Hitchcock is uh, changing that policy in Dallas and Todd McClellan going along with that today, cracked ribs for the Nuge, got that big hit from Braden McNabb Saturday in Vegas and you probably remember after the game, McClellan 
Holland came out and said looked okay. And then yesterday, Nuge on injured reserve, and we're still thinking, okay, it's uh, probably nothing too serious. Maybe he only misses one game. Well, it's much worse. So the last thing Oilers fans wanted to hear, and again, I hate to do this, the comparison to last year, look at all the key guys that played 78 games or more. Nugent Hopkins played all 82, and uh, now he'll be in the high 50s this year when it comes to games played. So another thing going wrong for the Oilers, and hey, I'm not trying to make an excuse because most of the things that have gone wrong for them have been their own fault, but sometimes injuries factor in and the Nuge out. So here's what uh, we're looking at line-wise, and this costs the Edmonton Oilers a lot of flexibility down the middle because you could have McDavid and Dreisaitl on the same line if Todd McClellan desired, and that had been his desire recently. So here's how they lined up today, and it's similar to how they finished the game in Vegas. McDavid centering Maroon and Kajula, Dreisaitl between Lucic and Puglia-Yarvi. Strom goes back to the middle. Kara and Camilleri were his wingers. Latestu centering the fourth line. Zach Cassian, the winger, and then Pakarinen and Slepeshev on the other side. Pakarinen up from the farm. He might jump in there ahead of Slepeshev. I don't know what's going to go on with Slepeshev here. Obviously, there was the report last week from Mark Spector that, that Slepeshev had been uh, openly made available with Peter Shirelli emailing all the other general managers in the league. Packer and up from the farm yesterday practicing today. So that's how they look. It's, uh, it's a lineup that struggled to score, uh, has had serious struggles to score at times throughout the season. And, uh, you know, you look after you get past McDavid and the dry side of lines, you wonder where the goals are going to come from. Kara's had some bursts, but still early in his career. Strom uh, has had a tough year, obviously. Camilleri is who he is. He's had some good games, but he, he's later in his career. And then Latestu, Cassian, and whoever they're with make up the fourth line. So Nugent Hopkins out five to six weeks. If the Oilers ever get it going on special teams that could start swinging games in their favor, and something significant did happen today, and uh, I would expect we'll see it in game action, well, maybe as soon as tomorrow when they take on the Vancouver Canucks. And don't forget, that one's on 6.30, Chad, with the face-off show at 6.30. The game will start at 8. Darnell Nurse, something Rob Brown and I have been asked after games a lot this year, when does Darnell Nurse get on the power play? Could be tomorrow. Here's how the power play units look today. Nurse, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Strom, and Lucic were on one unit. So Strom gets bounced up to that unit with Nugent Hopkins out, Latestu taken off, and Nurse getting his opportunity there. And I guess you'd say, why not? Four goals on the five-game road trip, game winners in Arizona and Vegas, looking very confident, very comfortable. I, I think I, I, Nurse has the speed. He has the shot. He has the confidence. I think for him, the key will be seeing the ice, finding the passing lanes, getting the uh, pucks to the right places. I suppose with the Oilers' power play being in the bottom 10 in the league, nothing to lose. You might as well give the confident players a chance because I think there are a lot of guys who who have looked rattled and, have, and haven't been uh, as, as assertive as you'd like throughout the season. The other unit, Clefbaum, Camilleri, Maroon, Kajula, and then Latestu and Puglia-Yarvi will were rotating. I know a lot of you have been crying for Puglia-Yarvi to get more power play time. He has had it 
in small spurts this season. So uh, we'll see how they come out in the game tomorrow. But he continues to be uh, a cog in that machine, though not one of the main cogs. So that's that's how they line up on the power play today. And uh, Darnell Nurse, happy to get that opportunity on the power play. And, and certainly, I think, after talking to Tim today, that was a goal of his to be there at some point. Yeah, as a demon, I think that's first and foremost, you have to be responsible in your own zone. And, um, took, uh, took a lot of time and still continuing to grow, still got room to grow, but um, took, a, took a lot of time for me to have that uh, belief that uh, you know, not only uh, can I contribute defensively, but you know, to, to use my legs and have the ability to get up and create a little offense for a team too. So um, it was a good, good step there at the end, but before the break, but got to continue to make those opportunities and when I have them, make the most of them. Forget about the power play, just his game in, in as a whole, right from day one till now. Um, you know, inconsistent probably describes our team as a whole, but it sure doesn't describe uh, Darnell. He's been consistently showing up and moving the needle upwards. Uh, great learning curve, taking more on, um, excelling in a number of different areas. Um, obviously, his confidence level is probably as high as it's been in his National Hockey League career. So uh, we'll introduce uh, some power play time to him. Um, we have to be aware that, uh, you know, our power play hasn't lit it up. There's, that's obvious, but we, uh, we have to be aware as he comes in that we want to put him in a situation where he feels good too. So we'll manage him. We'll give him a little bit more. And, um, you know, hopefully he can make a difference on it. Streisler set up by McDavid off the rush. What timer score, and that's two for Darnell Nurse tonight. Yeah, I'm definitely confident that I'm capable of doing it. And, um, it's a part of my game. I've been continuing to continue to build. Uh, at this point, uh, though, you know, I'm, I know I'm going to have the opportunity. I'm just going to go out there and uh, I'll just play and make the most of it. And uh, I think, like, like I said before, we have a lot of uh, guys that can make some, some great plays. And um, you know, it's, it's an opportunity for me to get the puck in their hands. And when, when opportunities are open, uh, just get pucks in net and, and try to help create. Was that a goal of yours for this year, a personal goal at all to get on there? Or did you just kind of figure it'll probably come eventually if you keep working? Yeah, it's been a goal. Yeah, it's been a goal since I first got in the league. I want to be a, a guy that's reliable in all situations, and um, it's good to, to have this opportunity, and i got to show that uh, you know, I'm, I'm capable of doing it. And now you've got Kajula looking for the activating Nurse. He's got him to win it. Nurse shoots and scores! Darnell Nurse, another big play! Why do you feel you've kind of really taken such a step forward this year? Is it is it a lot of it mental and experience-wise, do you think, or where does it come from? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, a lot goes into it. Uh, I don't think you could just pin down one thing. Uh, it's been a lot of work, a lot of, a lot of growth, a lot of time watching video with, with Jimmy and, uh, and by myself. There's been, uh, you know, confidence is higher. So there's a lot of, a lot of different things that, uh, that go into it. Um, you know, the experience is a big one too. Even I've played in almost every uh, situation um, through my first two and a half years. So um, a lot of that goes into it, all goes into it. And you know, for me, it's uh, in my mind. I know I still have a lot of, a lot of room to grow, a lot of work to do. And um, just got to continue on that path. A year where the Oilers and many individual players have come up short of expectations. Darnell Nurse has been exceeding them. And now perhaps power play quarterback will be added to his resume. Ryan Nugent Hopkins out five to six weeks. Cracked ribs, according to head coach Todd McClellan. You're still going to hear from uh, goaltender Cam Talbot. A little more from Todd McClellan as well. If you need to chime in on anything, you can text 630-630. Our phone number is 780-496-0063. Inside Sports on Chat.
this is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Ched. Of course, Cam Talbot has a new backup. You'll hear Todd McClellan talking about him in a couple of minutes. Here's what's going on in the NHL tonight. The Panthers lead the Golden Knights 2-1 late in the first period. Gerard Gallant back in Florida now as the coach of the second overall Vegas Golden Knights. After the first period, the Canadians and the Capitals are scoreless. Later tonight, the Kings take on the Ducks. Of course, Oilers, Canucks tomorrow night, Rogers Place. What a crazy schedule for the Oilers. They just had uh, six days off. The way it works is you have to have a five-day bye If you play on the sixth day, you're allowed to practice in the afternoon. That's what happened with the Oilers last season. Remember, they had that afternoon practice coming back from the bye. Uh, If you have five full days off, you can have a morning practice like the Oilers did today. Vancouver, Buffalo, Calgary. Then another break for the Oilers, the all-star break. So they'll have another week between games. They play Calgary on Thursday. Then they're home to Colorado Thursday, February 1st. And then uh, Tampa Bay is here February 5th. So then the Oilers will have another three-day break, though they'll practice between Colorado and Tampa Bay. Odd schedule. Every team has the bye and the all-star break this month. So every team is dealing with coming back from some kind of a break. It did not work out for well for the Oilers after Christmas, did it? They'd won four in a row. They'd got up to 500 on the season. Uh, they came out and won one of their next eight games. Here's Todd McClellan. Well, we, uh, we approached practice a little bit different than we did after Christmas. We were all about pace in this one. Um, the one... Post-Christmas, there was a lot of grinding to it. Um, you know, whether that's right or wrong, I don't know. Um, I believe our first game after Christmas in in, uh, in Winnipeg, we had some pace to our game. We just weren't very engaged mentally. And then after that, it fell apart a little bit for us. So we changed that. Um, we won't change our approach to preparation and giving the players the information they need tomorrow. Uh, where we've had many optional skates, um, you know, throughout the year, uh, tomorrow we'll have a full team pregame skate, which, in my opinion, doesn't have a huge impact, but it's a change. And uh, then after that, uh, you know, to me, the players look rested, but a little bit rusty. Uh, we'll take the rest part, we'll work the rust out as we go forward. All right, long practice today. They went for a little over an hour, actually. I'd say about an hour, 10, hour 15 for the Oilers, which is a pretty long practice in the National Hockey League. And hopefully the Oilers don't look rusty tomorrow. The thing is, they're playing another team coming off the bye. Vancouver also getting back at it. They had an afternoon practice today here in Edmonton. Trucker Dave texting 630-630. He says, Hi, Reed. The Nuge out five to six weeks is devastating. The grade of the climb just got much more steep. It just means the team has to gel and work harder. Still believe they can pull it together here and get on a roll. The Oilers are going to need a, oh, I don't want to say historic because it, it, it does happen. I mean, Boston's going through an incredible run right now. Calgary did it last year. Uh, Nashville, to some extent last year, though they started earlier in the season. The Oilers will go into tomorrow's game uh, 10 points out of a playoff spot, regardless of the outcome tonight between Los Angeles and Anaheim. It'll just be a matter of who they're 10 points behind. Anaheim uh, with a win, well, Colorado would still have the wild card with 53 points. Edmonton has 43. Despite having already had a bye, uh, the Oilers with more games played or as many games played as most teams in the Western Conference. It's going to be incredibly difficult. And is it possible? Yes. The thing that, in my mind, makes it 
difficult to give it a high degree of probability is the number of teams the Oilers have to pass and that they have not shown any ability to play well for an extended period of time all season. Yes, they've played well three, four games. Four-game winning streak is their longest. I mean, by comparison, Colorado, the Colorado Avalanche have currently won eight in a row. The Calgary Flames have currently won seven in a row. They'll play Winnipeg tomorrow. So because of that, the Oilers could win six, seven, eight in a row, and you'd likely still be four, five, six points out of a playoff spot. That's the difficulty for the Oilers. I I mean, we're looking at, uh, I know Bob has, has said, they probably got to win, what, 25 of their final 36 games? That's that's pretty tough to do, even if you're you're a great team. But, again, you're not out till uh, you're out. If the special teams turn around and if the goaltending is solid, then the Oilers have a chance to get anybody against anybody. And, and I, Talbot, up and down season, uh, good before Christmas, up and down again after Christmas, got pulled a couple of times on that road trip. Al Montoya came in. He only allowed one goal in the in the time he was in. Certainly was a, a big part of winning that game in Arizona on Friday. And I'll say this, guys, I just get a good vibe about Montoya. Maybe, maybe I'm being overly optimistic. I accept that. But I just get a good vibe from Montoya, veteran backup, uh, you know, talk to the guys who have played with him in the past, well-liked guy. And I asked Todd McClellan today, what's the difference with having Montoya, a veteran backup, as opposed to having a younger, inexperienced backup like Brassois? They're more relaxed. And when I say they, the, the older, well-established backup goaltender is more relaxed. He's comfortable in his skin. A young backup goaltender is... Um, you know, he's evolving, he's trying to grow his game. There's there's moments when he's uptight because he's got to work on certain things. Uh, uh, Al has just brought a relaxation factor to the crease, to the team. Um, he just has a different personality than, than LB. And that, there's nothing wrong with LB's personality or, or his approach to the game or anything like that. But Al's just been more relaxed. He's... Uh, He's been a calming influence even when he's not playing. Uh, players enjoy being around him, so um, very much a team-first guy, and that's real important for uh, a veteran backup goaltender, and he's made a living doing it. A little bit there on Al Montoya. Bob Stoffers is going to check in. I think he's going to the U of A Golden Bears game. That's after the break. Enforcers Week will continue after 7 with Brant Wa- Brant Myers. Inside Sports on Chet. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. So Nugent Hopkins out five to six weeks, cracked ribs. Head coach Todd McClellan announcing that after practice today. So your four centers now, you just heard from one of them, Mark Letestu. Ryan Strom on the third line, Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid on your top two lines as the Oilers get set to take on the Vancouver Canucks tomorrow night. New York Rangers defenseman Kevin Shattenkirk, he's out indefinitely. He's going to need surgery on his left knee. And I mentioned off the top of the show, legendary sports writer, hockey writer in Montreal, Red Fisher, passing away today at the age of 91. He started covering the Canadians 
1955. He retired in 2012 at uh, the age of 85. Pretty amazing story. Jim Matheson's going to join us on the Faceoff show tomorrow with some memories of Red. Obviously, they knew each other a long time. It'll be Furnace Family Oilers Hockey tomorrow night. Edmonton's Furnace Replacement Experts. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. 6.30 Faceoff show. For the Oilers and the Knucks, the game will start at 8, and I was going through the uh, five-game homestand there coming up for the Edmonton Oilers as they are in a very tough spot to try to make the playoffs. Yakushev reacting to uh, the talk of Al Montoya being a relaxed presence as the Oilers' backup goaltender. He says the last thing the Oilers need is someone that brings more relaxation. They have been too relaxed all year. Well, all right. We'll see. There are different forms of relaxation, Yakushev, as I'm sure you've experienced in your life. Some good, some bad. Uh, this texter says, why not call up Ty Ratty from the farm? I would think because uh, Packerinen's going to slide into a fourth-line role and probably help kill penalties. Ty Ratty's a right-winger. They can move the centers around, so that means they need someone who's uh, a bottom six winger. I think Packerinen fits the bill more than Ratty, who has only played 35 NHL games at the age of 24. So I, I think sometimes there's a uh, tendency. It's it's the backup quarterback syndrome, right? He's always the most popular guy in town, yet sometimes you've never really seen him play. Bretsky says, hi, Reed. I think the Oilers hired the wrong Todd. Why are changes to the lineup so reactive rather than proactive? He and his staff are guessing and grasping. That is from Bretsky. Obviously a reference to Todd Nelson, who coached the Oilers for 51 games three years ago after Dallas Akins was relieved. Wow, I didn't think we'd be going down that road tonight. I thought most people were thrilled to get Todd McClellan at the time. And I got a lot of time for Todd Nelson, who coached the Grand Rapids Griffins to the American Hockey League Championship last season. Having said that, he hasn't been hired by any other NHL team to be its head coach either. He has uh, applied and been interviewed in other scenarios. Todd Nelson's a good coach. I think he was a breath of fresh air for that team. I think he was a breath of fresh air for the fans. And I think most of you, uh, besides not approving of Dallas Aiken's record, I think he just rubbed a lot of people the wrong way with uh, his public persona. Uh, But again, let's not glamorize. uh, I, I mean, again, I got a lot of time for Todd Nelson. I think he did a lot for the morale of that team that year. I think that was his focus. And yes, he didn't have a great great lineup. He had 17 wins in 51 games. So good for Todd what he did, good for him last year. But Nelson uh, wasn't exactly the second coming of Scotty Bowman when he, when he took over the Oilers. Uh, in terms of the coaching being reactive rather than proactive, okay. But I mean, I, Bretsky, I'd like you to explain that a little more because I, I think a lot of what coaches do is, okay, this isn't working. How quickly can we move the pieces around to change it? Are they grasping a little bit? Yeah, probably because no one has stepped up and produced offensively consistently except for really three guys. Is that a coaching issue? Or, or is that the players the coaches have been given? And is that some players perhaps not grasping up the opportunity that was, uh, was ahead of them? And yes, I agree. Todd McClellan has, I, I think, looked or sounded a little lost and or confused at times. Uh, I don't think that's an indication of his lack of effort as a head coach. 
But hey, when you got uh, 20 wins, 46 games into the season, and some people thought you could go deep into the playoffs, everybody's going to get criticized. I get it. Comes with the territory for sure. Inside Sports on 630, Chad Bob Stoffer hosts Oilers Now every day, noon to 2 here on the station. Bob, thanks for checking in tonight, man. How's it going? Not bad, Reed. How are you? I'm doing great. Are you already, are you going to the U of A game tonight or what's yeah. happening? I'm just in the Students' Union building as we speak, and I don't recognize this place at all. It's the first game all season. Read that I'll uh, have gone to uh, see the Bears play in Edmonton. I did see Alberta play down at Mount Royal. Um, and they've had a bit of a drop-off here over the last couple of weeks, losing three straight road games. I've seen them drop from number one to number four. So a little bit of disappointment, but something that they can justify. But they're playing with house money. And conversely, the Edmonton Oilers are in the exact opposite position. Uh, just quickly, Bob, the Golden Bears, a 33-game winning streak against the Regina Cougars. They generally play four times a year, so people can obviously do the math on that one. Bears 1-2-1 one, one in their last four. They're 16-3-1 on the year. The Cougars 3-15-2 on the year, so this is a good chance for the Bears to get uh, to get back on track for sure. Those are some pretty uh, yeah. lopsided numbers in terms of that, uh, that series, not just this year, but going back a long way. Reed, I've set the line at 15.5 goals four of the two games. So uh, I think they'll be able to score at least 16 goals. I'm serious. Uh, they've been a little bit snake bit offensively. they got a lot of talent, and this is a team good enough to win, but a team that no longer has what they had under Ian Herbers, which was you know, almost a sense of invincibility of those last two years he was at the U of A. And uh, we'll see if Serge Lajoie can get that out of this year's group. He's unquestionably got a lot of talent. So... Uh, it's an interesting time for hockey in the city. The Oil Kings in a full-blown rebuild, and the Edmonton Oilers in a position that they just simply shouldn't be in. Well, yeah, you're right. I don't think anybody... And look, I didn't pick the Oilers to win the Western Conference, but I thought they could win the Pacific Division. And hey, they still can, maybe not in the regular season. It would have to be in the postseason, like they threw a wild card. They got a long way to go. The road got harder today with Ryan Nugent Hopkins being out five to six weeks, broken, cracked ribs. Todd McClellan came right out and said the injury. A lot of times there's secrecy about injuries. So this, in my mind, Bob, this greatly reduces the flexibility and if I look at where offense now has to come from more than it has been, certainly Kajula an opportunity. He was on McDavid's flank today. We're going to have to get a little more out of Ryan Strom. And the power play is going to have to wake up. I mean, I was looking at the numbers on Friday night or on Saturday after the game, Bob. The Oilers are minus 21 in goal differential on the season. You know how many more power play goals they've allowed than they've scored? 21. That's a pretty good start. I mean, the bottom line here is when you when you have a combined power play and penalty killing percentage 88, you put yourself in a dire situation to make uh, the playoffs. And three things have to happen in order for the Oilers to, to be in a position where they can get 20. I actually think they need 27 wins in their final 36 games. They're at 20 wins right now. Uh, I believe they need 27 wins if they want to get to 97 points. And I think this year you're going to need 97 points because the West has a winning record against the Eastern Conference, and that's going to disproportionately uh, put the swing up higher. Then you've got the one really bad team in the West, which is Arizona. Three things have to happen, and we've discussed this a lot over the last little while, but bottom line is, um, you know, they need Cam Talbot to, to maybe go 9.30, 9.35 the rest of the way. He's at 9.02. And the problem that I foresee there is Talbot's only... He's only about five percentage points below his typical even strength save percentage. He's getting lit up like a Christmas tree on the PK. 
but the uh, number one, they need Talbot to step up. Number two, Reed, they need their special teams to get going here. There's no excuse for the power play to be as bad as it has. I know we already discussed on the show today, you know, the changes that have been made there. And then number three, they need Connor McDavid to just, you know, have a ridiculous stretch. He had 25 points in the final 14 games last year. Uh, I would suggest to you that the Oilers probably need him to get 55 points in the final 36 games to make the playoffs, uh, to have a chance from his end of things. So those three things need to happen. They also got to take fewer penalties. And I'm going to throw a number yeah. at you right now. Everybody got all over Benoit Pouliot for the three years he was in Edmonton. In those three seasons, he took four more penalties than he drew. Do you know which two players currently lead the NHL in having the worst differential amongst forwards in the National Hockey League for penalties taken versus penalties drawn? Oh, is Maroon one of them? And Lucic is the other. They're the top two. They're the top two in the entire league amongst forwards. Uh, Lucic is minus 11 and Maroon's minus 10. And that is on a team that's got a 55% penalty killing ratio at home. That is an absolute killer this year for this hockey squad. So, you know, uh, obviously, and, and I do think some of it's frustration when they've been chasing games. Their PK has been part of it. But if they don't get uh, Talbot having, and, and that's not fair, Nik- Nikolai Habi Willen had a 15-game run where he had a 964 save percentage once. So Talbot going 930 the rest of the way is not out of the realm of possibility, but it doesn't happen unless the order's penalty killing gets completely straightened around. For whatever reason, they've been good at, on the road, nowhere near as good at home. I think they cheat too much at home. Uh, I think that that style that they play in the PK, similar to what Carolina done uh, has done, has been figured out around the league, Reed. But uh, they got they got to have a lot of things go right to even have a, a, a puncher's chance here to climb back into the mix. You know, Bob, one storyline I'm going to follow, and, and I, I mean, I, I brought it up in the last half hour, and I already got a couple people basically making fun of me on the text line, which is fine. But I, I really think there might be an Al Montoya impact here. And I, I know I mentioned this to you briefly on the face-off show when we talked on Saturday before the game in Vegas. I, I played a clip from Todd McClellan before the 6.30 News who did say there can be a different dynamic with an older backup goalie. I'm going to play an interview I did with Cam Talbot today who said now his role changes. He's not a mentor now. It's more of a sort of, uh, you, you know... I don't know if Montoya is going to be Talbot's mentor, but I think they're more on the same level in terms of where they are in their lives and their careers. And I think, you know, if Talbot has a, has a tougher game or a, or a, a tough period or, or needs some advice or someone to talk to, Montoya has that bank of experience that LB wouldn't had. And that interview Montoya did after Friday's game in Arizona, it was Fuhr-esque. I mean, it wasn't to that level, but there was that certain, ah, I just, I just stopped it. I had to make saves, so I did. I wanted to win the game, and I helped. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's what this team meet, needs. He hasn't been through the crap of not living up expectations and starting one and four. Maybe he is a breath of fresh air that adds the right kind of relaxation to the dressing room. Well, I'll say this about Todd McClellan. I heard those comments, and... Uh very political and very polite. Uh, If you watched on a consistent basis, and and maybe you'd have to see some of the practices on the road as well to have a true appreciation for it. Bottom line here is Laurent Brassois, he made some strides last year. I I would suggest you there were actually regressions this year in practice. Like, he was getting lit up. The competitiveness, he needed to be more competitive. He did not have the confidence of his teammates. It's that simple. He did not have the confidence of his teammates. And Montoya went in and played 
really well and uh, you know gave up the one goal against against Dallas and then came in and helped him get the win against Arizona and all he has done is put himself in a position where he's gained instant confidence from his team. He's older, he's more mature, he's stayed in the league, he's survived. In his world, Reed, I don't think he expected to be a backup. The guy was a sixth overall pick. But he became a backup, and he knows the role, and he knows the work ethic, and he has the right demeanor and the right deportment. And in my mind, I saw none of that from uh, Brissois. I, You know, in a, you'd, you'd have to sit there. I mean, the owners had no other choice but to ride him for those seven games, and that was his opportunity to climb it, and he just simply didn't have it. He didn't get enough wins. At the end of the day, you got to stop the puck more than the other guy. And you talk about Grant Fuhrer, and Grant Fuhrer was a, a goalie that players wanted to play for. And I think Al Montoya is a the goalie they want to play for, and we know they want to play for Cam Talbot. So good point by you. Now, I think we're looking at a 36 split the rest of the way. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's going to be 25 and 11. But uh, I, I do think there's a lot more confidence with the backup option now than there was before. All right. We always touch on some other sport when we have you on Inside Sports. Here's my question to you, Bob. Miles Garrett, Mitchell Trubisky, Solomon Thomas. Do you know who those three men are? Well, Mitchell Trubisky's the uh, yeah. he's the quarterback of the Chicago Bears. Miles Garrett was with the uh, Cleveland Browns. He's a defensive end that's out of Texas A&M. Who was the third one? Solomon Thomas. Do you, I do not know. I well, do not know who's those are the three guys. Those are the three guys who went ahead of Leonard Fournette in the 2017 draft. Now, who drafted Solomon Thomas? The Niners. He's a D end out of Stanford. Well, if you take a look at, San, I mean, San Francisco made a pretty good trade to get uh, Garoppolo, uh, but now Cleveland's got the first and fourth pick here. Is this like draft day all over again with Kevin? Thomas? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, do they take a quarterback and then do they take a running back at four? So delay. I mean, Saquon Barkley at four, and delay. Go get. Uh, I, I saw yesterday that Mel Kiper uh, had Josh Allen out of Wyoming as the number one overall pick. He had a tough year, of course. He lost all of his offensive linemen and all of his skill possession guys in offense. Uh, I would not take uh, uh, the Wyoming quarterback number one, but uh, you know the UCLA QB has already stated, and he's pretty good. Josh Rosen, he's already stated that he will not go to Cleveland. You know, he'd prefer right. not going to Cleveland. So, and that leaves Sam Darnold. And I can tell you right now, uh, you know, Kuiper had Denver at five with Sam Darnold, and John Elway would be blocking punts in the nude if he ended up getting <laughs> Sam Darnold at number five. He'd be doing the helicopter from the... He had the greatest line of all time, though, about Tim Tebow, eh? <laughs> Remember that? Because Tebow got him in the playoffs. They, they beat the Steelers, yep. and they lost the... Uh, Patriots, and remember what uh, uh, he said. He goes, John Elway goes, look, if I wanted a guy to marry my daughter, Tim would be the guy. But I need a guy to quarterback my football team, and we got to have something better than that. That's yeah, well, line. and my point was, uh, Fournette's looking looking pretty good. I <laughs> revisionist well, history. I would he would have been a pretty good first overall pick for the Browns. Jacksonville's got a really good defense, uh, and I think a lot of it's obviously going to depend upon you know the. the whether or not there's any issue at all whatsoever with Tom Brady. Because if there is, uh, and the fact that they traded away Garoppolo, it's a, it's a, it's a different matchup for the uh, Patriots. Uh, otherwise, you'd have to think it's an automatic that they walk right through and win another Super Bowl. All right, Bob, thanks for being so generous with your time tonight. Enjoy the U of A game. I'll see you at the Mordic Skate.
Hey, Reed, there's nothing I hate more than guys that delay by three minutes to get on the air. So thanks for being patient. <laughs> okay. That's Puff Stop for checking in tonight. Oilers now noon to two every day on 6.30 Chet. And, of course, he's the uh, color analyst for our broadcast on Chet on the Oilers radio network. It is uh, a steep hill. I mean, there's no other way to put it. But, yes, perfect case scenario for the Oilers. They need Talbot to be exceptional with Montoya when he has to jump in there. The special teams, there's nowhere to go but up. But if they don't start going up, it's not going to matter. And uh, Bob touched on it. If McDavid can produce points like he did over the final quarter of last season, then maybe they got a puncher's chance. A lot has to go right, but hey, that's the fun part, seeing if it'll actually go right. 6.51, Inside Sports on Chad. We're coming right back. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. And of course, the Nuge, the center of the news of the day. Cracked ribs, five to six weeks. He'll be out of action. Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on Chad. Mark has called in tonight. Hello, Mark. Yes, good evening, Reed. I got, I got a hand it to Bob, man. He must have the biggest set of rose-colored glasses in the city, that guy. Why is that? Uh, Oh, just the way. Well, they got they got to do this and that to win twenty seven of thirty six games. To me, that's just wasted airtime. Even talking about that, I'm surprised he didn't ask you the questions he's asked every single guest on his show this week about. Do you think the Oilers can get to the Stanley Cup Finals in the next three years? Everybody he asked that to. But I'll give. You know what? All he has to do is alter that question. What he should be asking is, Do you think the Oilers have the management in place to turn this team around to get to the Stanley Cup Finals in the next three years? That's what he should be asking. A big resounding no is the answer to that. It, I mean... So, you, so, okay, just to play devil's advocate, Mark, you were saying that a year ago? No, I wasn't saying that they wouldn't, they wouldn't get to the Stanley Cup Finals. However, they... No, you, when, were questioning, you were questioning management a year ago. Well, I mean, people have been questioning management for the moves he's made since uh, two weeks he was sitting in a chair with the Reinhardt deal. People have been talking about those deals in Hall ever since he's... And, and not only the deals, Reed, but the contracts he signed out as well. How come the Oilers never get a contract like other guys like Nashville signs or whoever get deals? That, that's a pretty good deal. It always seems to be an overpayment, and there was a lot of talk that people would be signing for the McDavid discount after we got him here. That hasn't happened. Like which, guy on, which, which guy on Nashville? Oh, Arbertson for one. Yeah. Just off the top of my head. Yeah. And some of their demon that Ellis, I think, is only getting $2 million a year or something like that. Ryan Ellis. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what he's making. I'd have to check. All right, yeah, look, I, I've criticized Shirelli, too. I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate because yeah, no, you're, no, you're being pretty firm with what I'm you're saying. Just, I'm not just blowing hot air. I, I, it's legitimate. I don't think, I, I mean, I don't think Bob has rose-colored glasses. I think he's stating it pretty plainly. The Oilers have to have three amazing things happen for them to make the playoffs or have yeah, a chance. Like, I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's rose-colored that. glasses. I wanna, like, going forward, Reed, is... Does, is there any confidence, like, Shirelli has screwed this up so bad with contracts and trades. How do you put faith into that guy that he'll turn it around? And if you want to give him, extend him, well, let's give him a chance next year. What if he makes a deal and screws up even more and set the players back even more yet? I mean, it's amazing that we've been fumbling through this year, always looking for offense, and there's two guys in the top 12 or 15 that he's traded in the last 24 months. It's unbelievable. Well, Everly's not in the top 15. It's no, Barzell. You know, it wasn't didn't trade him specifically, but that, like, even that deal, those picks that he gave, that's worse than the Hall deal, hands down. 
worse than a hall deal. And what's the, another thing that Bob says he understands about the fans? What, what, what are you call? What are you call Bob and, and criticize him directly? Ah, you, I, I have called him. He's I don't know that two o'clock or twelve <laughs> two. You can never get through in there. I'm just going to say he understands or he says he understands the fans' frustration this year. It's not just this year, Reed. It's how come we get saddled with inept management? Like I can go way back to 07 where they blew three first round picks or this the Reinhardt deal or like who does that? And then they have their head scout go on after the Reinhardt deal and admit that he never seen him play for the AHL team in a year. It's just unbelievable incompetence at a professional hockey league level. And uh, they come out and say this stuff. Who, who said that? Bob Green. And I, I, I make it guaranteed. He said he all did right, not. Well, I don't. See, I don't remember that specifically. Yeah, he did. But he said he did not see him play the past year for the AHL team of Bounders. All right, Mark. I got to run. Thanks for calling. Yeah, no problem. Enforcers Week Volume Two will continue with Brant Myers after the news. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.